quack, 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 oh yeah, twelve and oh, I am your host, Adam Jameo of the Quack Twelve Podcast. And I'm Aaron Schroeder. Hey, buddy. That is right. Aaron Schroeder back on the Quack 12 after uh, probably the first week ever of him not being here. Because he Weird. was in Texas. He was in the stomping grounds of Texas. How are you Man. doing down there? Down in Austin. Doing great. If you want to hear all about my trips and travels, uh, I would suggest you, dear listener, go check out our Patreon page. That's right. The uh, Quack you can 12 find Patreon. the link to that Patreon on our website at quack12podcast.com. And for five bucks a month, you can hear about every single thing I did in Austin, as well as see a picture of the world's most famous drum set. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Imagine how annoying that would be if you were at work and someone's, they're like, yeah, I went on vacation. And I was like, oh, that's cool. How was it? They were like, for $5, I'll describe yeah. to you that vacation. But that's well, what, we'll, that's what we're offering you. That's what we drink I had while I was there. Hmm. Aaron, mm-hmm. while you were gone, uh, not only did the Oregon Stanford game happen, but the Oregon Wazoo game happened. Now, yep. I wanted to get your take before we bring in our very special uh, third mm. host, side host, side piece, special guest, whatever you want to call him. Film side reviewer. Piece. Side piece. He's a side piece. Aaron, what did you think of that Oregon Wazoo game? Because it was a bit thrilling. That was the one where we won very well, right? Or we pulled it out in the end. In we the end, kind of with the Mace Funa well, interception pick six, right. baby. Oh, my Thank God. You. Rallying right. back. And I watched the other game yesterday. Okay, so I have been keeping up. I've just been behind schedule mm-hmm. watching the games. Uh, that one I kept hearing in my head, the ghost of all ghosts, Day the most, mm-hmm. saying... I could just hear him in my head going, it was inevitable that we would win because to stick statistically speaking, our <laughs> drives are better. We're just not finishing them. So that's maybe an issue. Wasn't that nuts? Well, for a while, that first that half. Was, yeah. That was also, the, so both of these games I like to call penalty games. <laughs> yeah. That game specifically because we had to like, really dive deep into the great book of penalties to understand the oh my uh, god the natures of the rules that govern football in a physics type setting it was insane uh so yeah that game was awesome to watch because holy shit washington state looks like they're good uh i think washington state is actually Pretty good, surprisingly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Cam Ward, that QB. Yeah. Yeah. Watching both teams really be strong out there made for great football. Well, That's and I'll my say thoughts that, on the Washington State game. One thing I liked quite a bit, because, like, I agree with you. I mean, everyone was talking about it. That first half, we were getting to the red zone and then just settling for a Camden Lewis field goal. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like, well, what is our. What's the situation here? Because it doesn't seem to be Bo Nix. It wasn't like he was. Well, we, we had that were, Bo Nix pick six. Here's the. Okay. You know what? Here's the thing. Sorry, I have to catch everybody up. I've been gone for two weeks. <laughs> uh, that wasn't an us problem 
per se as it was a wazoo being really good at red zone defense and just handing it to us as a unit mm. with their I, unit. I think, yeah, I think we got a little too creative with their unit. Uh, uh, I mean, true. We got a little too creative when we got to the red zone in that first half. Yeah. Uh, it would, I mean, especially with like how much push Bucky Irving and Noah Whittington were getting just up the middle. It so felt you're like saying that it was a nice. situation of hubris. A little bit. Well, also it's like, like when Bo Nix tried to just like push it in from like the what one yard line or whatever, and they just blew that up. Well, he had done it in many other games, right? But um, Wazoo did their film study. You know, they listened to Hitler Day, and yeah. They knew is like okay when they're in this situation they like to do this and their I think their biggest strength is their defense how quick their defense is how quick their defense can get through the lines yeah and can just Dude, cause havoc you know and uh, I, I think they really did that and then the pick six it was kind of nice whereas uh, like the pick six felt brutal obviously we were about to make it like a one score game and then he throws that I pick didn't six. Even... I didn't even realize until the announcer. Well, that was that was the same game. That's right. That was yeah, the Washington yeah. State game. But um, the announcers made me realize. Oh no, Knicks works really great with picks and six. Oh yeah, fuck. <laughs> no, no. Bo picks. Bo picks yeah. is a lot of people. Bo Knicks pick six. Like that was oh, an unfortunate no. decision. This but is a then chance that could become a thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, but uh, he Talk rallied back afterwards. Like he had such a good game afterwards. That I mean, it's only a plus. I felt really good about that. Um, and 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 so I don't know. In the end, it was a good Bonix game. Had that a couple great Troy Franklin passes. I mean, the game winner was a Troy Franklin touchdown, or maybe the game mm-hmm. winner I should say was the Mace Funa pick six, which was very cool to see. And um, I don't know. So, I mean, that was the Wazoo right. game. It was nice that we came back. That's how we iced it. That's right. Because I was saying, are we icing out this game with a fucking pick six? Hell Ooh, yeah. It was good. And, well, uh, yeah. I don't know. It, okay. Pullman is a tough place, dude. That's a really tough place to play. Dude, it seemed like, it seemed like everybody showed up. Mm-hmm. Fans included. Like, it was a real... They were there to... Um, Okay, well, this was a part of the discussion, and I'd like to hear input now. Uh, should they be ranked? Do you oh, think that they are a rankable team? I think so. They just beat Cal as well um, pretty handedly. I do think they should be ranked. I mean, they beat Wisconsin. Wisconsin ain't good. They actually just fired their head coach mm-hmm. <laughs> after many a year. Um, but I, I mean, I think this Wazoo game, this Wazoo team is not one that's going to win the conference, but I think they're going to beat like one or two of the teams in the Pac-12 championship game this season. Like, I I do think they can upset the top tier of this conference. That's good though. That's what we want, right? Yeah. Oh, especially now that we've beaten them. I want them to beat everybody. You know, I want them to, I mean, why not? Well, the other thing, too, is we need to have our top six teams, mm-hmm. like, dialed in to where they're all 
shooting for number one, like legitimately. Yeah. Because in two years, whenever two of the teams leave and we've got to figure out how we want to sell this package to somebody, we need to have a very strong package deal ready to go or i think we're just going to see dissemination you're getting it dude let me look through the we don't do this enough i guess i mean it's kind of boring but ap poll top 25 i just want you to know every pac 12 team in there well first of all actually so georgia is number two uh, we want them to just keep winning because they kick the crap out of us right they've looked more and more mortal unfortunately since our That's game what i've heard but they're two and zero. I mean, I mean, not two and zero. They're they're second in the nation, five and zero. They're still a great team. Like, it's still a quality loss. After that, we got number six USC. I think that's a little fraudulent, but whatever. They're undefeated. Number six USC. We got number eleven Utah, four and one. Right behind Utah is us. Number twelve Ducks. Right, number twelve. That's pretty freaking good after. A, Big loss. Uh, we're four and one. Then you got to oh BYU, a team that we've beaten. They're ranked number sixteen. Number- Time out though. Mm-hmm. If the only team that's beaten us is the number two team, then I feel like that should only make us be higher because out of the teams above us, that's the only one who did it. So oh, yeah, well- we should be like at four we're- or five. Uh, I don't know. Well, four or five was you're talking about teams that are actually undefeated right now. Like right now, it, for a while, it lays out where it's just like, okay, the undefeated teams that are in power five programs, we're going to put them at the top. And then it's we'll bullshit. have, well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't think so. I think they're giving us credit for losing to Georgia. And that's why we're at 12. If we lost to an unranked team, we wouldn't even be ranked. Even well, with only sure. one loss. Yeah. Um, so BYU was number 16. UCLA skyrocketed to number 18 because they just got a big upset over number 21, UW. Now, right, right Fuck. outside, it says others receiving votes out of the top 25. They let you know, like, here's the runner ups, basically, super close. Gotcha. Is number one in that runner ups list, others receiving votes, is Washington State. Washington State. So they're just there. They should okay. be ranked by now, honestly. They should have been ranked when we took them on. It's kind of an exciting time in the Pac-12 universe, if you will. I think so. I mean... I mean, yeah. we had... Well, look, let's just be honest about it. You know, last year I hated Arizona, so we technically had two teams that were just giant piles of garbage. Mm-hmm. But now that I like Arizona, both of those teams are looking better as well. So, like... <laughs> the whole of well, the Arizona State... Is our not, only, I mean, as far as I can tell, our only thing anchoring us to the sea bottom would be mm-hmm. UCLA. Once we get rid of those people, <laughs> and we ha- don't have that trash fire situation happening. Well, we'll UCLA okay. is leaving on their own accord, so don't worry right. about that. So is USC. Uh, yeah, 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 those Texas Trojans, they can go where they want. They're nomads, they can, you know. They can go to hell. Um. So, okay, so th- we recapped... You're wearing kind of wazoo colors there too, actually. You're actually kind of I know, wearing Stanford I about Cardinal. That. I was like, whoops, oh well. Mm-hmm. Well, well um, state, I guess. I'm here. Yes, whatever. My our lawyer, uh, Kyle, is, is apparently a wazoo fan too, because he's living over in uh, Eastern Washington. Yep. And he was texting me, shit talking me that whole game. It felt so good that Mace Funa yeah. 
pick six. No, if anyone oh deserves God. to like the beautiful part about hell. dealing with that guy is that you have to deal with the world's loudest mouth and then you just wait and then you get one beautiful bomb and you be boom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then he accepts it very gracefully. Like all lawyers, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so let's okay, so that's that's the game that blah blah blah. This game much more boring, am I right? Oregon versus Stanford. I fast forwarded the fourth quarter. <laughs> That's fair. Out of I everything, two times speed. I don't blame you. Um, I watched every single minute of it because I forced myself to do that. Luckily, no. it wasn't. Usually, it's like there's some great games going on, and I gotta watch some Oregon blowout. Mm -hmm. But this, it was so late. I mean, it ended at freaking 11.30 p.m. Pacific time. That's what I was also realizing as everyone in the crowd was looking half asleep because I'm watching it on my DVR. So I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, shit. Right. This game is happening late. It was packed, though. You got to shout out to the student section. They hung out the entire time till 11.30 yeah, on a Saturday night. Hell yeah. That felt really good. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about this Oregon-Stanford game. To do that, I think we should bring on an old friend. What do you think, Aaron? Absolutely. I haven't I haven't talked to this man in forever. I'm excited to uh, reconnect. Freaking ever. That is right. Uh, let us bring on the one, the only, the film reviewer and managing editor over at Ooh. Addicted to Quack. Sounds good. That is right. Hithliday. <laughs> hey, Hithliday. Welcome to the Quack 12 podcast once again. Uh, thanks. I'm glad to be back. Aaron, it's uh, great to be with you again. It's been a minute. I know. Our love affair can now continue, and I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, because I consider this a thruple situation, but this is the thruple situation where both of you are more familiar with me, and I'm trying to keep you two separated because I don't want a, a, you know, a divorce. So you, of the you don't want to be cut out. Yeah. We all know thruples. They're always going to end with just two. I'm trying <laughs> to make that cut. Um. Uh, anyways, no, no need to to badmouth thruples on the Quack Twelve. We here on the Quack Twelve podcast support all thruple situations. Live your lives. Um, Hithliday, Oregon versus Stanford. We were just saying, kind of a boring game because it went on late. Because Stanford had uh, that slow mesh. Maybe it's still cooking because it's not looking like it did anything against us. And the penalties. Really uh, took out a lot of the joy from the duck side. Uh, what's your What's your main takeaway from this Stanford game? Uh, well, you got a lot of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, what else know, is the, there, right? <laughs> I mean, I uh, you know I, I watched the entire game, of course, live. Um, you know, but in terms of doing film review, I only watched the you know the first half because it was garbage time. You know, when Oregon snuck in that last touchdown right before. Um, you know, the, the, the final whistle for, for halftime. Um, uh, and yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I'll watch that second half film sometime later, you know, I'll <laughs> some you know, Oregon's accumulating a bunch of garbage time tape, which is good. That's a good situation yeah. to be in. Um, and I'll, you know, I'll go through that garbage time tape later, but like, as, as for right now, like, yeah, I, it wasn't boring doing the, uh, the review. I got it all done on Sunday <laughs> and Monday to like run errands. <laughs> um, yeah, the penalties were annoying, sort of like robbed Oregon of a lot of momentum. Yeah. Um, I think a couple of them were uh, 
I wasn't real wild about the calls from the officials. Um, the one that made me stay. laugh the hardest was the big, you know, like a bench brawl. Like both teams are on yeah. there. And then they're like, you, Seven McGee, you're yeah. out of here. I actually found that one. I actually, I was curious about it. Not like, you know, it's irrelevant for film study purposes, but I was so curious about it that I actually, you know, found it. And like, yeah, he actually, I don't know about ejection for fighting. Um, but like an, uh, an unsportsmanlike would have been justified. He, he whacks a guy in the helmet, like in a kind of unprovoked, they're just like sort of John right. in that whole scrum and he whacks a dude. And then the thing that's confusing about it is that a ref sees him and he's, he's like, you, you, you know, you're, I'm wagging my finger at you. And then he sort of like a coach kind of grabs seven and drags him away. And the ref has to go like chase after him. <laughs> uh, and so that's why the flag, you know, comes through so late. But like, if you, if if you watch it, it's just like, no, seven, you can't do that. Um, I assumed it was there had to be something in front of a ref, but it was just so funny because then they did the review and yeah. it was like, I don't even see yeah. him out there. Yeah, yeah, the review. Yeah, exactly. Well, it was this whole like mess of bodies, but like, yeah. I, you know, I, I, he was the ball carrier on that play. So like, mm -hmm. I was, it was easy to like tr track him the entire way to like find him in this, in the crowd. And then I was like, yeah, you can't do that. Um, but like, you know, it was funny because that that play knocked Oregon back to third and 21. Um, and then uh, Stanford backs out to play the pass, you know, because why wouldn't they? It's third and 21. But Oregon had such a dominant rushing performance in this game. They hand the ball to Sean Dollars um, and he runs for 20 yards. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, which like that, that actually that clip made my article because it was the closest thing to a rushing failure I could find on the <laughs> tape because like he failed to convert a third and, and long, you know, <laughs> like he didn't get a first down out of it. So it's technically a failure, even though he got 20 yards on it. But then, um, you know gets them to the one yard line which i'm sure they would have gone for it on fourth down like when you're you know fourth and one on the goal line you know you're going to go for sort of regardless but like one of the nice things about having a super dominant rushing performance which this definitely was i mean this is like bonkers how effective they were 80 percent effective in the first half like they, they succeeded on 16 rushing plays they failed on four of them and again one of those four failures was dollars running for 20 yards wow. on third and 21 wow um they they the adjusted yards per carry average was 11.9, meaning they got a first down every <laughs> time they ran the ball. Um, 45% of their runs gained 10 plus yards, which is like, I've never seen that number is crazy. So uh, anyway, like that was part of the, one of the, the, the points I made in my article is that like when you can run the ball that effectively all third downs or two down situations, just like run, you know, are you in third down, you know, run it. And if you have to on fourth down, run it again, you yeah. know, like what are they going to do? Especially Stop as you? your like, lead grows, it just becomes yeah. more. But yeah. then, you know, back to the refs, like Oregon didn't need to make a decision about whether to run, you know, or, or, or call a play on fourth down because um one of stanford safeties uh, uh actually transferred from oklahoma so i had to do a bunch of film study on that guy is you know and i liked him um but like he's trying to get over to catch sean dollars and the umpire runs into him and then runs into him again <laughs> and so after the play uh that safety is like turns and starts screaming and jumping up and down at the the, the umpire it's like literally jumping up and down like a cartoon you know like donald duck in a cartoon like, rah, 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 rah. <laughs> that's what he looks like uh, and so the ump flags him for unsportsmanlike which i was sort of like dude I, i'm kind of on your side because the ump did <laughs> definitely get in your yeah, way yeah they thought so anyway 
they felt like they yeah, were in was, a bad that was mood another one where game. like the refs were like very flag happy in this game where like the ump could have let that one go and he just decided not to and and so for anybody who thinks it was like it was all you know one-sided it wasn't entirely one-sided it was more like the refs were just like really eager to throw flags in this game eager to see horse collars that i guess were there yeah and then and, and then like the, the one where chris hudson is trying to get the ball to the yeah ref. you know like after I, I think it was a kick return he's trying to get the ball to the ref and he's like you know and he's like oh, oh should i toss it this way or that way and then you sort of he's underhanding it to the ref and just a stanford player walks into the way of the ball like i have i i am 100 percent certain he did not mean to throw the ball at the stanford player. Just didn't see him while he was trying to pitch it to her yeah and the ref's like how dare you yeah sportsman like and it was a good return and then, but that penalty like knocked him back um uh so it's just like yeah stuff like that where it's like the, the rest were like really eager to throw flags in this game on like on some subjective stuff that they didn't like they didn't have to i mean there's other things where they screwed up like like they threw in 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 an eligible downfield you know penalty mm -hmm. where it's like yeah he really was you know that ball was caught beyond the line of scrimmage and the lineman was like six yards downfield and so yes you know that that's a correct flag and and it's frustrating because it like called back a good play for oregon but mm -hmm. like you know yeah um but yeah, like it definitely sort of like interrupted momentum. Certainly, I, there was like you know, for example, like like Oregon only got a field goal in the first possession, right? And so after like the Wazoo game last week when they were like stalling out in the red zone so much, I, I could just sense not like I went and looked on social media or anything because like Jesus Christ, why would I? Uh, but I could just sense like Oregon fans across Twitter crying out, "Oh no, the red zone issues, the red yeah. zone issues all over again." And like I really didn't want, you know really think that that was the case. You know, it really wound up they only snapped like three times um, in, and in the red zone, and, and like I didn't think they were inappropriate play calls. And more to the point, there were two false starts in an offsides that were sort of like interrupting their moment it was like their momentum just kept being interrupted in that where i was just like i don't really think this is a big deal and then literally every subsequent red zone possession that they had yeah they got a touchdown right on, even during garbage time so it's just like, okay that that's that's a non-starter in terms of a storyline in my opinion it felt like um, one, yeah. once you started seeing uh oregon's defense against stanford's offense and started realizing that it once you kind of yeah. saw that it's like I don't think they're going to be answering scores over and yeah. over again. It, it felt kind of dumb. I mean, it's weird because I think that Stanford, like Petros was, Petros Papadakis was on the call for this game, and he was he's often sort of I kind of like he has a sort of bonhomie which I enjoy, but like I often find him painful to listen to because like he's not he like half gets the analysis correct so like what he kept saying throughout this game is that stanford lacks an identity which is like i think i know what he means but like that's not a very clear way to put it i guess the way that i would put it is that like stanford has adopted this slow mesh rpo offense mm -hmm. which is not a great fit for their personnel like the, the it's like running a triple option where you don't have a running quarterback you know number one that's a problem um and like number two is that like the way that they're receivers are really good and really undefendable like is the, the rpo routes on this offense are not like that it doesn't let them take advantage of that like there's an there's a version of this stanford personnel which is undefendable and really scared the pants off of me but like it's not this offensive structure doesn't put them in those positions and so i'm like well okay <laughs> um and then on top of that dan lanning or whoever it is i assume it's it could be anybody, but basically like cracked their RPO keys on the slow mesh. So like he figured out 
he figured out which specific guy is being read, which I had a hard time with in film study. I got two games of it, you know, the Stanford game in the USC or the Stanford USC game and the Stanford Washington game. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't quite figure it out. And like I was running it through the computer and stuff like uh, and I couldn't figure out exactly. You know, I was just like back all of them out, back out all the safeties, back up all the linebacker because the the the. Sorry, I, I missed a step. Strategically, what you want to do to that offense is always force the run. Um, you don't want Stanford to be able to pass out of it. So the way you do that is that you back your dudes out and you only rush, you know, four at them and get them to hand off and then, you know, try to stop the run with only four guys, um, which like Oregon's already set up fairly well to do the mint front sort of by 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 design. The mint front is good at doing that. But like but I couldn't figure out which guy exactly was getting read Lanning or whoever, you know, maybe it was LaPoy, maybe it was Powledge, I don't know, somebody on the Oregon coaching staff figured out exactly which dude was <laughs> being read. And so only that guy had to back out and everybody else got to got to to, to rush, you, you know, the box, meaning that like they could force Stanford and in fact did so at least twice during the first half. It would be third and long. They knew which dude was being read. They back that guy out to force the run, but everybody else got to play the run. And so Stanford with their crappy offensive line is now trying to block six <laughs> or seven Oregon defenders. It's like, it's like, he, it's like he hacked their passwords. You know, it's like, he's like, you know, he put a virus in their system. I mean, it was just like, yeah, he, you know, that, that guy's a, you know, I, I, he should be, but he's a better football mind than I am. Like I couldn't figure it out. And he did. So. Can I ask a <laughs> question job, based off that? Go ahead. I don't know how in the weeds this is going to get, cause I barely understand how to ask it, but to, something that you mentioned there was that they learned how to read us and something that happened before or we on, learned how to read them. Yeah. Or, well, Hitler, they the, said the way it's like counter reading. It's like right, counter intelligence. Exactly. So Thank you. Their offense wants to read us. And then. Yeah. Oh, no. and so then we the, counter the, Right. Stanford's offense wants to read Oregon's defense. Oregon's defense figured out how they were being read and said, OK, I'll get you to read this one guy. But then everybody else is going to attack you. Right. So yeah. then. But uh, before you jumped on me and Adam, we're talking about the Washington State game. And uh -huh. how it seemed like their def defense was able to maybe know what we were trying to do to make touchdowns. Therefore, the question it's is, are we a team that is an easy read? And so we are coming up with options to kind of show our hand, but it's a bullshit hand that we're showing so we can manipulate. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I think I understand what you're asking. And the it answer is like... it's it, the answer is sometimes yes, they do that. Okay, because um, yeah, it seems like it's benefiting us that the other teams are apparently easily able to tell what we want to do if they pay attention to us. Well, I I would say there are four different things that are happening. Um, one of them is that Oregon lines up, they look like they're gonna run uh, you know, play a and then they run play a and they're just sort of you know big footing you there they're just like I, I know that you know that i know that you know what we're gonna run but we're gonna run it anyway because you can't stop us because we have right. more talent than you do because so, we like, all know the same things which is that we right, can do this 
Yeah. So like against BYU, they were lining up an I formation and then they were running out of the I formation and BYU was like, oh God, we're getting run over by big giant ducks. Um, number two is the misdirection that you were talking about. The like, oh, we're going to line up this way and you think we're going to do this, but then actually we did that. So like one example of that is that Oregon against Stanford lined up in the I formation on the goal line, um, which was particularly ironic because like that was Stanford's thing for a long time, mm. but they can't do it anymore, which is why they switched to this offense. So like doing it against Stanford, I was like, ooh, this is poetry. Um, but then rather than run the ball, which like Stanford was expecting to see, Nick's runs out of the pocket and it's going to be a pass, but then he sees it's open for him to run. So he just scrambles into the end zone, um, gets a touchdown out of that. So that's an example of what you're talking about. It's like, I, I've set you up to think this, but then really I did that. Um, there are category three. This one was happening against Wazoo um, in the red zone in the first half where we telegraph that we're going to run this certain kind of play. You know that we're going to run this certain kind of play, but then you know, damn it, Kenny, Kenny Dillingham, like Wazoo's just better at defending that play. Like you can't Bigfoot them at that particular type of play. They're just faster off the line mm -hmm. than you are. Mm -hmm. um, and so like that, therefore, I would categorize those as dumb play calls by by Dillingham, you know, because like you can't you're that's their forte. Yeah, that is literally yeah, like they what they know they what want. you're going to do. And that's not something where you have an advantage. So why did you, did you do it? Um and then the fourth category would be like, none of this is relevant. They just run a standard football play, which the defense is like, I think maybe it'll be this, but maybe it'll be that. I don't know. And then they beat them like, so like none of the above would be category, the, the fourth category. So it um, doesn't seem yeah. like our playbook is one in which uh, it's going to be easy for teams to figure out as the season goes on to where our wins slowly decrease in chances. Uh, I don't think that that is the case. I actually, every, um, every week I've seen Oregon add plays to their playbook um, where, uh, um, you know, they're putting stuff on tape for future opponents to look at and be like, Oh God, we got to deal with this now. And we got to deal with this now. We've got to do this, you know, like um, Oregon, like against BYU, put in an entire series where they were running out of the pistol formation. They haven't done that yet since or before, but it was just like, oh, we're going to run 14 plays out of the pistol uh, and they're all going to be runs and we're going to succeed. I think they succeeded on 10 out of 14 of them um, against BYU. And it's like, what what do opponents do with that tape? Like, you know, so so somewhere down the line, Oregon's going to get in the pistol formation. They're going to be like, oh, God, they did that against BYU. OK, what do we do here? And then like they ran, you know, 14 out of 14 times. It's going to be a pass, you know, like, you know, they're going to mess with them in that way. You know, like uh, so, yeah, you know, I, I actually really appreciate the stuff that Dillingham, even though I just, you know, criticized Dillingham for his first half red zone play calling against Wazoo. <laughs> overall, I've been really impressed with him, like, um, you know, sticking in lots of interesting weird stuff growing the playbook every week um against stanford right before the first half i put out a tweet about this they run two sequenced plays where it's exactly the same play it's basically it's a gt counter with a tunnel screen behind it and the first time they they run the ball they get like 10 yards and the safety is like he starts to back out 
but then he like sees it to run. So he's, he runs real fast, as, as fast as he can, you know, to get the tackle. Um, but it's still, he, it's too late. He, he's given up like nine yards on the run. So then second play, which Oregon snaps right before the quarter expires, right? They don't call a timeout. It's right. Like yeah. 10 seconds in between plays. They really hurried up. They run the exact same play. They line up in the same formation. Um, they, the initial blocks are the same, the same GT counter pull, hmm. you know, the, the, the wrong way. Um, and that same safety is like, Oh, you're not going to beat me twice. And so he comes screaming down as fast as he possibly can. And it's a tunnel screen and chase Coda runs 42 yards for a touchdown because there's no safety there to stop mm-hmm. him because Oregon, you know, trickerated him. Um, which like yeah. Pavlovian yeah. as fuck. Mm-hmm. That's, yes, precisely. Aaron. It's definitely uh, the <laughs> the whole like you know when you're fighting someone you start snapping in the corner there and then boom and then the next time you do it yeah. you, you hit him with the snapping finger. That's how you get yeah. it. <laughs> hey, podcast listener. Hey, come you. over here. Come yeah. over here. Get over here. Yeah. Pod- nice headphones you got in here. Oh yeah, I like those, Chevy be a shame if something were to happen to those headphones, eh? Stomped them on the ground, eh? Be real easy to avoid that smashing if you went over to the Quack12 Twitter account and gave us a little follow. Just a little follow, that's all we're asking. And hey, look at that. I hear you listening to your new podcast apps in your car, huh? Driving home, making the long journey feel a little shorter, eh? Is that yeah. what he's doing there, bud? <laughs> yeah, turning your three-hour drive into a nice little vacation, huh? Be a shame if your car ended up on the bottom of a lake. Splash. Splash maybe with you in the trunk of it, huh? Glug, glug, guzzle, guzzle. Maybe all that can be avoided with a little trip to the quack. 12 page on Apple Podcast. All you got to do is go to Apple Podcast, Quack 12, give us five stars. Yeah, the internet. You got it, bud. Five stars. Leave us a little comment. Help other people find it. Maybe it'll help people find you when they find out that you're gone missing if you catch my drift. You seen the posters on the telephone poles? Yeah, those are those are people that didn't give us fucking five stars. Some of them did, and we did it anyways. And then uh, you know, uh, oh hey, hey look at look at this podcast listener on their long inner inner uh, continental flight, making things not so bad. Not wanting to hear that baby by covering it up. Wah wah, so they say, putting on them headphones. Trying to get the sky waitress's attention. Get over here. Give me more of that Quack 12 podcast. Yeah. 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 Why don't you? Yeah. You want some more of that Quack 12 podcast, don't you? Yeah. You want to buy some more from us, don't you? Get it. Otherwise, you know, because if you don't buy this Quack 12 podcast insurance, you never know when your plane's going to go straight down into the water, into the old Atlantic, never to be seen again. Glug, glug, guzzle, guzzle. In case you don't want to be th- part of the rock and roller club of the bottom of the fucking ocean, then I recommend you go to the Quack 12 Patreon. Come on, come on. Why don't you go to the Quack 12 Patreon, give us five smackaroos, and for that we can forget about the whole nasty business have you on your way. 
We'll forget about it. We'll forget about it, all right? Five measly dollars. That's all I got. Now listen up, punk. Because it looks like you're not seeing so good right now. My boss is talking to you, chump. Aren't you, chump? Yeah, Do that's it. what I thought. That's Do what it. I thought. Do all right, it. let him let him go, Mikey. Let him go. In the bottom of the fucking ocean. Ayo! <laughs> quack, quack. Hithliday, so when I'm watching Bucky and then Noah and then every other great running back we got out there, just uh, like against like Waz, I mean against everybody really, even against Georgia, we were having some success. Yeah, it yeah. really, I mean, not to to underthink it here, but it starts to think like, can we just barrel through everybody on the on our schedule? And I I just wanted to ask you. Uh, who do you think? Who have you seen in the Pac-12 that you think would be able to stop Oregon if they're being Love like, "I want to run this ball"? Can you get me to stop running this ball? Well, I have not yet done film study on Utah or Washington. It just hasn't come up I yet, and those are pretty late game or Oregon State. Basically, Oregon's last three games, mm -hmm. the big um, ones. which are Washington, Utah, and Oregon State, which are yeah, looking at this point like the big games. Although UCLA after yeah. the bye might be you know looking like a challenge too. Um, uh, I I haven't done it just the way that the schedule has worked out. I haven't watched any film on those guys yet, so maybe them. But I've watched the the rest of Oregon's opponents. It ain't Arizona. I really don't think it's UCLA. It ain't Cal. It ain't Colorado. Um, and that's it. That that's it until they get to the last three. So like, yeah, you could definitely the next four games see something similar to what you've seen in the first. Um, the 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 first three conference games plus BYU, um, which is and I guess Eastern Washington too, which is just like, oh, we're gonna run at like 60, 70, 80 percent efficiency. Um, and <laughs> you can't stop us. And these guys have like like Stanford's rush defense is terrible. They ranked I I, I think like you know uh 125. Well, I actually put the the stat in my article here I can that article is oh. over at addicted to quack it is a duck dive the weekly article that Hithley puts out really breaking down the film of the previous opponent and next week's opponent yeah so i pulled this up um uh stanford is ranked number 124 in the country in in rush yards allowed per wow. game their their rush defense is ranked 124 out of 131 wow. There are exactly two power five teams that are ranked worse than Stanford is in rush yards allowed per game. UConn? Is and they, are they there? <laughs> I don't know. Who is it? Uh, they're not a power oh, five team. Uh, th th they're both in the Pac-12. It's oh, Arizona man. and Colorado. That is rough. Yeah. Poor Colorado. So, like, you know, Oregon rushed at 80% efficiency against Stanford, and Stanford's not even the worst were hmm. um, the second worst rush defense that they have left on their schedule. Um, so yes, for at least a, a couple of games, I definitely think, I mean, like I've been saying this truly, we've been talking for a couple of years now and I'm sure I've said, you know, repeatedly over the years, like there's this old football truism that if you can run the ball on offense, that the, 
the rest of the game is irrelevant. It doesn't even matter if you're doing poor, I mean, not doesn't matter, but like it, it makes it so that the opponent's window for victory is extraordinarily narrow and they have to play perfectly and they have to get some lucky bounces um, in order to beat you. If your rush efficiency is over a certain rate, it's because like rushing the ball is so versatile, right? Like what do you want to do on first down? I know run the ball. Oh, is it third and long? Well, run the ball twice. Uh, is, you know, do you, uh you know is your pass offense sputtering well run the ball uh does the opponent have a scary passing attack and you want to take the you know air out of the game uh run the ball does the opponent have a good rushing attack and you want to keep but like it'll take them a long time to score and so therefore running out the clock is a good idea you should run the ball you know like you know there's like you know running the ball like it answers every problem that you have in football. It's as like, if it was the first thing you could do with the ball in the beginning <laughs> yeah. of the game. Yeah, it's like the most. And so, like, you know, it, it's the even though, you know, we're in an era of like high flying offenses and like the most exciting ones and the ones that win national championships. Oh, if you want to win a national championship, you have to be good at everything. There's no such thing as like an incomplete team that wins a national championship. But I'm just saying that like that's it's like the first question. It's like getting past fool's mate in chess, you know, like you just you know, it, it's the first question. Like, if you can run the ball effectively against your opponent, then like, oh, that's it. You know, game's over. Uh, you know, I don't need, really need to look at the rest of this. Um, and Oregon was running at 80% against everyone. Insane. Like, it is what made this game honestly feel kind of like a spring game um, where it was just like, you know, you were really just focusing on the penalties more than anything else because it just it just yeah. fell out of hand really quickly. Which the nice part about that, as we said, is you get that backup, you get the backups in, get some real rotation there. That's sure. how teams become good. Which leads us, of course, to I wanted to ask you, Hifla Day. Let's say the season ended right now. Bo Nix goes to the NFL. Let's say, um, or CFL. That seems like a better fit, but. Uh, and Ty Thompson is our starting quarterback. And you're doing your duck dive for, hey, what can we expect from this duck team? What would you put in that article about Ty Thompson right now? I mean, I'm sure it would be, you're, you're I, very good at not calling your shot too early. But would you be a bit concerned from what you've seen so far? I mean, like I said, I, I have done zero serious film study on Ty Thompson's reps. Mm -hmm. And even if I had, it would be a pretty small sample size, you know, because he's, you know, he just hasn't been in that many, you know, snaps. And on top of that, a lot of them, because it was garbage time, he's handing the ball off, which mm -hmm. like, you know, so it's, it's not only just a small number of, of total reps, it's an even smaller number of passing reps. Um, I think some of the stuff just watching casually, you know, I, you know, I, I think going wrong or not exactly his fault. Um, you know, so like, you know, I'm, I, 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 I'm just not in a position to say like yank the guy, you know, like, uh, you know, or this guy's a, a bust. Um, I would like to see, you know, some reps go to Jay Butterfield. Like I yeah. just, I'd like to be able to see what he can do. Um, I mean, that just purely selfish as a film reviewer, not a ducks fan, just like a, I want tape on that guy too. Mm -hmm. You know, I want tape on all on everybody. Yeah. It's um, odd that he's seen almost none where he got like a set of four downs in one game. Right. I'm not even sure that he's been. I, I um, remember. Oh, man, I kind of remember. Well, him okay. I know he ball. played in the spring game. Yeah, maybe that was yeah, it. I'm not sure. Yeah. I've got um, one. 
it's not about our future team, but about our current team. We're dominant on the run. Apparently, that's going to be the story for the rest of the season. Hopefully. The good Lord willing and the sun does shine. Mm-hmm. What about this deep ball that we keep playing around with that sometimes connects for the world's longest touchdown throws, it feels like? Is this <laughs> something that might become of concern in other teams? Like, what is their secondary defense like, et cetera? Does- yeah, I thought... You know, basically, Oregon really only in the first half anyway, they really only attempted two deep shots. Um, I basically they just weren't in a position where they needed to. And it's like it's in it's intrinsically a riskier thing than than running the ball, short passes, screen passes, and so forth. And so if you're dominating your opponents, just like there's no real point in taking yeah. deep shots, but occasionally, you know, you do um, just sort of keep the defense honest or whatever. And like, you know, one of them, uh, one of them, uh, you know, Chris Hudson has broken uh, a, a, a open, you know, against the defense and Nick's just, you know, he overthrows the ball a little bit. It happens. I don't yeah. really think it means a whole lot. Um, the second one I was really worried about because he just shouldn't have thrown that ball. The double um, coverage. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, what are you doing? But like, I really didn't I, like, that was a dumb decision and he was lucky he didn't get picked off. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. There is actually a third time. And I put this one in my article too, um, where it's, you know, Stanford just has the coverage, right? You know, like Oregon thinks the coverage is going to be one way. And then they Stanford just like, you know, they, they flip a coin and they, they got they got heads on that one. Um, and so Nick's essentially throws the ball. It's a throw to Coda on the sideline where even though it's an incomplete pass, I actually gave Nick's a good grade on that yeah. um, play because it's like oh, it, it's placed so that either Coda makes a toe tap sideline touchdown grab the way that. Franklin later actually pulled. Yeah, up. holy hell. Um, what a what <laughs> or it's a throwaway that happened on second down. They live to and they go on to score a touchdown on that drive. So it's, you know, whatever. Um, so like uh you know, the, the, that was also sort of a deeper shot that wasn't completed, but I didn't think it was a stupid throw. I actually, right. you know, it was you know, of the three of them, it, uh it, it was the one that I graded Nick's the better the, the best for. Well um but it's also something so, we keep doing in each game like i feel like every game has at least three where we're like turn on the burners this one's going a long ways well i mean you should okay like you you know just to put on tape you know just to just to keep your defense you know the opponent honest you know it's just like hey remember this dude's got an arm you know you can't put right you know three safeties in the box Mm -hmm. or you know anything like that oh and by the way he can run super great too yeah it's like This last game really showed him off, I think. I heard like, I heard a quote where it was like, you know, halfway through that 80-yard touchdown run. I forget which, but one of our receivers. Because he was about to like, okay, I'm just going to go down. Like, you yeah. know, you got to look after yourself here. But one of the receivers like, no, keep going. You can make it. Kind of convinced <laughs> yeah. him midway <laughs> to get going. I actually also read a that- quote about um, some of our offensive linemen were uh, accusing Stanford of kind of like simulating like our, our cadence, you know, which apparently screwed mm. them up to which they said they brought it up to the refs and they said from th- then it was less of a problem. That was said simulated anyways, so. our cadence. Yeah, kind of like trying to get us to jump. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is actually like illegal. Yeah. It's, there's a rule called disconcerting signals. Um mm. 
it's that's something that's really hard to pick up on film study and uh, so i i couldn't you know really tell you unless unless somebody could send me like the timestamp of when supposedly that conversation occurred mm-hmm. um i i don't know I, I might go back and look and see if i can differentiate you know when stanford's getting off the ball yeah. or, or whatever and there were 10 penalties um, maybe in those the first false half. starts yeah yeah like, all in the first uh, half that's or a- 10 like uh yeah and and i think it was like 10 penalties in the first half and like four penalties in exactly. the second half you yeah. know it was, it was you know it definitely cleaned up um i don't know man i it could be kind of sound like an old wives tale frankly um but who knows you know it, you're supposed to be able to overcome you know whatever the opponent throws at you so like then they did you know. um and you're supposed to blow out your opponents badly enough um so that it doesn't matter if the officials really want to interject themselves in the game you know just don't give them the opportunity to determine the outcome of the game which was the case here so yeah um i did back to your point about nicks you know showing off with his legs uh, that 80 yard touchdown run happened in the second half so i didn't get to put it in my article because it was garbage time thankfully but like um he does have an uh, a, a scramble during the first half that looked really good so i included mm-hmm. that one um it was, it's a really good in fact he does this pump fake um he starts to scramble he's approaching the line of scrimmage you can't throw once you cross the line of scrimmage of course but like before it you can buy yourself some space and try to get the defense to back out by pump faking the ball and like he really whips his arm around i was really worried the ball was going to pop <laughs> out but apparently his hand strength is good enough that you know nope no concerns there um so th- that was a nice scramble and it was on a similar type of play as the garbage time one like the way like it's not oh god the pocket is breaking down i got to get out of here it's just like he can see that the way that the defense is backing out that just sort of creates green grass he's like why bother throwing it i can just run you know like hey if you can run the ball um i that those plays count as pass plays in my in my tally sheets you will be able to separate mm. them and then also here's another fun um thing that i uh found in film study is that oregon one of the plays that kenny dillingham introduced in this game i think i don't think he'd put it on film before um is the running back starts way split out is like almost on the sideline as a receiver and then he starts running in a pre-snap like it's going to be a sweet play mm-hmm. But then right, you know, he stops up right before they take the snap and then they actually are conducting an outside zone read um, uh, of an unblocked defender. And the first two or three times they hand off the ball and it's really the tight ends do a really good job every time of blocking it. And like both um, Whittington and Irving get some good runs to the outside on that. But then the fourth time they run it, the end clears out to go chase the back. And guess what happens? Nick's keeps the ball, which is the correct read, and he runs for 35 yards, <laughs> yeah. you know, on a designed run play because that's what he's supposed to do. So, like, that's another, you know, rope a dope, you know, the defense, you know, yeah. kind of thing. And then they also add another 15 yards on that one because there was a hands to the face back in the defense, the offensive line. It, it, it was relevant, didn't contribute to the play. It was just like for anybody who looked at the box score and saw, like, wait, I don't see a 35 yard run. That's the reason why. Um, because you know some box scores will count that as a 50 yard run which is stupid it should be counted as a 35 yard run plus a 15 yard penalty anyway no sorry are these plays the way they're thought out with that like repeated like give you a response and then remove said response and give you or you know whatever the pavlov vibe yeah are these coming from deep georgia playbooks that we just haven't seen that because it's coming with the team does that make what do you mean deep deep georgia playbooks like are these plays coming to us from a like are Georgia pl- doing the same kind of thing in their co- plays and their coaching style or is that 
I mean, Todd Munkin, George's OC, I do think is pretty good at what you're talking about, which is like play sequencing. Um, But no, I don't think Oregon took George's playbook. Um, Right. But that concept. This this offense looks more like Mike Norvell's uh, offense, which makes sense because it was who Dillingham, the offensive coordinator, was working under for most of his career. Oh. Um, Although he's introduced several of his own wrinkles. Like he's, you know, the idea that Kenny Dillingham is just replicating Mike Norvell is not correct at all. He is definitely his own man, which is like, he's 31 years old. It's actually pretty impressive what he's doing. Yeah. and um, but the, the general concept of what you're talking about, like play sequencing, you know, like getting the opponent to think one thing is coming or habituating them to one thing and then you do something else like, yeah, that's, you know, that's advanced OC stuff like that's um, it's actually pretty uncommon to see it in an offensive coordinator that young. Um, hmm. it, it, it's definitely impressive. Now, it led to an interception in the game against Georgia. They were um, they repeatedly lined up in a certain formation, then um, all pre-snip altered the formation in a very particular way. They do it three times. All three times they they run a screen out of it. And then the fourth time they run it, they do you know the exact same setup. Mm-hmm. And what it's supposed to be doing is getting Georgia to be like, oh, it's going to be a screen again. And they're supposed to like come down on the screen and then the tight end or, or Coda, I forget who it is, um, is supposed to run behind the defense and then he gets a downfield pass that he's supposed to run for a touchdown on. But Georgia doesn't wind up taking the bait on that play. They play back back again um which like good for them that's you know good defensive discipline on georgia's part um and nicks is supposed to recognize that and not throw it deep and instead just throw the screen you know for the fourth time but he doesn't he throws it deep anyway which is like stupid play number one that nicks commits and and results in an interception it was really bad Mm -hmm. um so like yeah nicks putting the ball in danger i mean i would definitely say of the things that can get oregon in trouble I was worried about the secondary. I'm much, uh, you know, in the in the off season. Like there was two things that I listed. One is I think the secondary could really get him in trouble. That hasn't really been a problem. I've actually been pretty impressed mm-hmm. with the secondary yeah. so far. Williams had a really um, fun game. I, I yeah, I yep. liked watching him a lot. Uh, and Gonzalez oh, yeah. and Bridges. Dude, Bridges is better in Gonzalez. coverage than people give him credit for. Yeah. Stevens is is doing better than I um, th- than I I feared. Um, they're even getting uh, Addison thirteen. Yeah. You know, is playing a lot of dime reps um, and, and doing well in them. Like uh, Hill has been better in coverage than I was afraid of. Um, so like, yeah, I, I you know I, I I think the secondary it's still not perfect. It, you know, it's still of all the areas on the team, I think the weakest one. But you know they. They haven't been as bad as I was worried about. The other area that can sink the Ducks is Bo Nix putting the ball in danger, which, like, that problem's not over. Mm-hmm. Like, just Stanford wasn't able to convert that into an yeah. interception. Um, but, like, yeah, that, that problem's not mm-hmm. over, and it probably won't ever will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, nearly not – I mean, we won the game against Wazoo in huge part because of Bo Nix, but also yeah. that mistake nearly cost us the game. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Uh, you know, but, which, you know, what do you get? You can't. One of the people I was doing a podcast with, you know, said like you can't tame a stallion. You know, like for for everything that he's getting you, that's the cost. You know, like mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. Mm. I mean, you take the you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and then you have 
the facts of life. The quacks of life, I should say. Oh, I thought there was going to be a rhyme there. <laughs> I know. I was really anticipating the quacks of life. Uh, <laughs> Aaron, um, I got a question Yo. for you. So, end of the third quarter, every season, for quite a while anyways, Ducks, they play shout, Otis Redding shout. Everyone's dancing. The players are out there. They're dancing. They're having a good time. Except for this game. This game, Dan Landing finally put his foot down. After after some uh, comments against BYU, I, I got him pulled up here, where he, he talked about shout, you know. Um, he said, like, uh, he was asked, like, oh, so what do you think about the tradition of dancing to shout? He said... Does anybody remember the next play after shout? Referring to the BYU game, we gave up a third down for first sound, first down. So I don't know. I've got to figure that out. And then he goes on to say, like, we got some really good dancers on this team. That's apparent. But I hope we can figure out a score margin or rule that you can dance on shout based on what the score is. So r- judging from so this, dancing is a reward. Yeah. Dancing is a is this reward. Like loose. It is, ex- you know. I think Kevin Bacon made a movie. About <laughs> I have that, literally right? seen an image on Twitter of Dan landing on John Lithgow's body from Footloose. So that is what <laughs> we're going for here. So, and I, what do you? Th- I wanted to get your thoughts on this because keep in mind this is a game yeah. which we had ten penalties at this point, probably twelve penalties going into the fourth quarter. Um, he has. For whatever reason, you know, the score was easily on the duck side. He tells those ducks, no dancing. Do you like this move? A lot of fans do not like it. What do you think, Aaron? Who gives a shit? One, <laughs> I totally get what he's doing. He's creating a group mind think. You know, you have to realize at some level there's a there is brainwashing happening so that you can have a large group of people cohesively work as a singular unit so Mm -hmm. i understand he is trying to probably keep a mindset intact throughout an entirety of the game Mm -hmm. for it uh so players can't do it period i would just say we're done with that tradition as a player totally it's not a reward thing it's just it's gone now but the fans can do it as hard and heavy as they want because, hey, that's why the team is making money is because those people are showing up. I kind of agree with you because this is here's my thoughts, right, is I mean, in my head, when I think of this tradition, I'm really thinking of Troy Dye dancing out there. That was some of the most fun. Mo- that was uh-huh. like the peak of this tradition. He Him out there. I also remember moments where we were like just embarrassing games where it's like, why are we so close to Arizona right now? Or Mm -hmm. just like we're losing or this is embarrassing. And sometimes it felt forced. Sometimes it really felt like, why the fuck are y'all dancing out there right now? I'm sure you can go talk to some positions coach or something and get a little little more information. Um, It also felt like even if we were up by a lot, sometimes it just felt like, it was just like, so it's just every home game. We're look, gonna have the players out there, like and like look, you know, it felt a little weird. And I kind of get it's like, you know, fans, you can dance. Why, like, yeah. I don't know if the players should be dancing deal. every single game. If you want, if you want to dance, go get me a touchdown. <laughs> Otherwise, don't fucking dance. This is football. <laughs> and, and this is this is hard because I do like, like, I did love that die moment. You know, the die moments and stuff. But like, 
if for the next two decades we're always dancing, like all the players are always dancing during shout, and we just no. get this huge reel of player, like I don't know, it makes it a little less special to me. And I almost yeah. would rather be like no, like you what you're saying, no player dancing, true footloose yeah. style, than done. than doing it as a reward system. Because no, then I'm imagining no it's like, oh, we're having a perfect game. We're up by 21 points. Entering the fourth quarter, it's been flawless. Come on, everybody, let's dance. And then, like, Maybe then. a disastrous fourth quarter, though. <laughs> and then we lose. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. I kind of get it's kind of like this is what went through my head. Well, imagine you're working at, well, imagine you're working at some kind of like a restaurant or something like that. And there's fun little traditions where it's like, Oh well, there's this cute thing where it's like one per one time the manager went and grabbed a fry from uh from a meal before they and so we thought it was funny and now we're always doing that and then like a year down the line suddenly you got people eating handfuls of fries off people's food or something like that like these little right. things unchecked eventually I think can become a little bit of a problem and I'm yeah. just like well I think like forced like forced if something doesn't feel spontaneous if it instead feels forced yeah. or that you're shackled to do it because of tradition and not because it's something that you want to do then like yeah I, I can see your point i don't really you know hey man did you really get you know doer no fun mario cristobal did you get the feeling that he was forcing kids no. to dance you no, know no. like you know i i feel like governing you know other people's dancing is always wrong uh <laughs> if i can't dance i don't want to be part of your revolution here's what i would um, do and, uh, but having said all that yeah. if lanning bans dancing <laughs> right up until the washington game the last home game oh, of the year good. i believe or second to last and, and then oregon's kicking washington's butt and he's like okay now you can dance like that place is gonna explode. yeah can we like, talk about the headline Dan Lanning <laughs> bands dancing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm surprised I got that one out without tripping over yeah. the tongue. Well, I love that it happened like uh, that's a good sign when you're playing against Stanford and one of the main things you're talking about afterwards is like they didn't let him dance during that little shout. Like that's yeah, good if there sign. has to be if there has to be a caveat to allow player dancing, if yeah. there has to be that, because let's remember I am pro just kill the dancing it's fucking stupid <laughs> uh two i what i would say the caveat would be kind of what happened in this last game is that at the beginning of the fourth quarter our backups were coming in mm. so if you're done playing the game and backups are coming in that's when the song should be played it doesn't matter the time. It's doesn't like, that as seem soon as weird your though? During the game, we're playing this song because our big boys are coming off, and we're saying great game. That seems like cocky as fuck to be like, yeah, oh, we've if won. That's we've how officially... you want to have it. Welcome to the game of football, dude. It's literally the cockiest game out there. Ducks have never blown a lead before. Time to play the win music while, while time's on the clock. No way. I don't like it. Okay. Um, of course. I mean, they play the fight stallion when they score a touchdown, even if they're, you know, behind and have been playing poorly. Like, no. they're, they're, you do not need an excuse uh, to to dance or sing or play music. Like, the like like constraining expressions of joy is always wrong. Like, this is an absurd but thing to be discussing. As a now paid professional playing the game of football, 
as my employee, I would want to make sure your mind is focused on your job and not on your TikTok cut that's going to show up from your booty shake that you did on the 50 yard line. I, I mean, I guess. I mean, I mean, this is the purpose of a coach is to, to establish you exactly. know, systems of, that's of why I'm discipline. And like, you know, it, it's wrong for me to force anybody else to run stadium stairs, but I like it when the coach does it, you know, as a disciplinary measure, you know, you know, yes, fine. I'm just saying like the, the idea that like, uh, you know, uh, what I, what, what this discussion sort of links into is something that always gets my back up, which is that like, um, you know, uh, the teams, you know, winning or losing or whatever, and they cut shots to the sideline and a kid is laughing or something yeah, or like, or he's, you know, losing a game and he's crying, you know, and, and like you get a bunch of like couch warriors, mm -hmm. you know, get up on Twitter. And it's just like this. This kid's emotional expression is like, I want to see him look mad when they're down. And I want to, you know, like what a softy for crying. And it's just like emotionally regulating 19 year olds is not your job. It's barely Dan Lanning's job. Like the 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 idea that this is you know, something that's worthy of discussion has these overtones that are extraordinarily paternal and gross like kids should play a game and have fun like that's what football is i so think they you're should ban pro it. dancing no matter what the coach says you still think dancing is you think on. they should defy if, his orders if, if they made a movie about uh dan lanning banning dancing and then the players danced anyway i would go to that movie <laughs> and they finish the season Amen. six and six right on but Look, they, uh, I also, like, I, I, I don't care. I got the, that could be the name. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. Dancing their way to from the, the mindset <laughs> of a person who is just like, who gives a shit if you win or lose the game? It's literally a game. As long as you dance. Uh, yeah. Like there shouldn't be anything. Me personally, you shouldn't actually be overly serious about any one thing because as soon as it starts going wrong, you're gonna it's pointless. It's right, well, futile. Yeah, I do think but there's something to be said for at that the same like, time, psychological management model of like if you you're catastrophizing giving up a touchdown, like you what are you gonna do the next time you're on defense, you know? Yeah. My thing is, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't give a shit enough to be like, do or do not dance unless I noticed it was affecting the player's performance. Uh, and then I would probably figure out my own personal I, way of dealing with it. I would say it. spin the safety down, but, you know, against a look in which it's obvious he's going to throw that out pattern. You know, like <laughs> yeah. I don't think dancing had anything to do with it. I would like Lupoy or Powellage or Lanning or whoever was calling the defense on that play to call a better defensive play call and taking it out on the players doesn't seem very appropriate. Sure. But point being... He's the coach. I am not. Sounds Fucking good. Get rid of it. Sounds Destroy good. It. I'm glad he is. And I'm <laughs> glad you're not. Okay. We got to get to the next segment here, which is, <laughs> Oh, that was great. Of course. Bottom 11. <laughs> bottom 11. That's right. The ducks are on the top, which means all these other pack 12 teams are the bottom 11. Now we got our choices here. Aaron, you sent in, your choices, and I'll let you know right now, we went exactly the same way. You chose all the Did favorites, really? and I I chose all the favorites too. There was there was wow no, not, but that being said, we were wrong on one. I'll tell you that much. We were both wrong on one. Interesting. So let's get into it. USC versus Oregon State. That's not what happened. I'm on the wrong week. Nope. There we go. Washington at UCLA. 
This game, uh, well, the final score was 40 to 32. Do not be fooled because um, this game was not even that close. Like, they were down by like 24 points. They scored two touchdowns, got two two-point conversions to get it within an eight-point game at the end. Wow. UCLA just really put it, took it to them right off the bat. I mean, like, even in the opening kickoff, Washington had to do a slide kick to take down the dude so he didn't score right off. And DTR had, I mean, one of the best games of his career. A very, a very DTR game, but good chaos, I'd say. And didn't Chip I Kelly. Pick Washington? I think both of us picked Washington. So I think actually both of us got this wrong. I think we got two wrong this week. Oh, um, I assumed you would have yeah, picked I, UCLA. I remember thinking about this game that like both of these teams haven't played anybody yeah. and that like UCLA looked shakier in their, you know, garbage opponents than Washington looked shakier in their garbage opponents, but like but that isn't that's not really good data. Like the, the this outcome, you know, could really be anything. Uh yeah. Yeah, it was um huh. I don't know. It, it was a good showing from UCLA, who still has like a lot of problems, but like they're like a malfunctioning gun. I, I think, <laughs> but yeah, I think both of these teams are really sort of like incomplete. Like they have some parts that are scary and other parts that are real bad. Mm-hmm. And the, like the whole game was sort of like punch drunk. Yeah. Like nobody ran. There was like no like six yard runs in this <laughs> game. Like there was no like you know oh you know a twelve yard you know out pattern or something like that. It was it was either like you're getting sacked or you're throwing a forty yard bomb. You know you know is like or you're throwing. An you know, interception, you, but then uh, breaking up the pass. That was one of my yeah, favorite it was like plays. The, the defense, both of the defense in this game would alternate between like absolutely destroying the opponent and absolutely getting destroyed. And it's like, is can, can you guys play like a normal football game the way that like two good teams would play? Yeah. And apparently the answer was no. Like, apparently the answer is no. UCLA is just, there's so many little things that they do not do right, but it seems like. They've got enough talent in the in with Chip Kelly's mind that like offensively they can you sh- they can get some stuff done and then shoot themselves in the foot, but then break off a big play and then go backwards. Well, yeah, like their their offense is you know is like that. Their defense is not great, but like USC's, like they they were generate turnovers. Like they got Penix to throw two turnovers mm-hmm. in this game, which really ultimately you know the margin of difference. Like these teams looked almost exactly the same, except Washington threw two picks. You know because like DTR is I think probably a better quarterback than Michael Penix. Um, but otherwise, like, you know, neither of these teams have a very good secondary. And so both quarterbacks were just throwing whatever passes that they wanted. None, neither of these teams have a particularly good offensive line. And so they were constantly having to dodge pressure. Um, you know, they neither of them could really effectively run the ball. And they basically gave up running the ball. I mean, I know that Charbonnet had 124, you know, yards or whatever. But, like, a lot of that came on a single play. Like, yeah, they're, they're really sort of incomplete teams. And this is the type of game that you get when two incomplete teams that are sort of incomplete in the same way. Yeah go up against each other yeah um it was it was fun to watch I, I was glad that it was on a friday so i could fully focus on it because it was pretty nice so That's ucla true. coming up ucla i've had a pit in my feeling the last couple of times we've played them i mean the last time a couple of times we've played them it's been pretty close you know down to the like final drive mm-hmm. and uh i yeah i'm always afraid that dtr is going to like he's gonna sneak one win in before he leaves. Uh, I think they 
he's beaten us before. He's been there forever, but whatever. Um, then, so we both got that wrong. We both went with the Huskies. That's, that's fine. That's our fault. We shouldn't have done that. Then, no, I've decided I'm going to support them. Okay, well, look, I'm that. I'm for the Pacific Northwest this season specifically. Washington State, yeah, Beavers. Hmm. Well, the the Northwest does look like the best pod in the country, or the best pod in the the conference. Yep. I should say. Yeah. Hell yeah. And bravo to the Huskies, because for real, it seemed like last season for them was a. <laughs> Bummer. They lost to Montana. And people man. in Seattle are happy again. So yeah. it's like, okay. I should be. But if you make like a Pacific Northwest pod, a California pod with, you know, the, the LA schools and the Bay Area schools, and then the, you know, the four corners pod, like each of the, each of the other two pods have like a real dud in it. You know, like Stanford's a real dud. Cal may or may not be. Colorado. You know, like Colorado for the four corners, like Arizona State, mm. you know, like, but you know pac 12 like yeah it's looking like all, all four of those teams at least you know do something pretty well yeah. like yeah absolutely um so usc arizona state was the next one we both oh, chose shit. usc usc's a big favorite they're number six in the country okay uh they went against asu who herm edwards has been fired he is gone what on the field they fired him yeah you we didn't talk about this last week you weren't here uh he got his ass fired dude fair enough Bravo. It's Makes a sense. Long oh we didn't talk about this either carl Durrell, colorado's coach he also got fired just so you know left and right yeah we're we're five weeks in and there are five power five <laughs> firings so far and two in the pack that's right Wait. we got what was it wisconsin Wisconsin, oh, Georgia, and Nebraska. And Nebraska. That's right. Our old friend fired. Scott Frost. He got fired like on the field, on camera, or like I think on. Uh, it, I think on camera. It kind of looks like it. It kind of looks like both of his bosses like are firing him <laughs> yeah. on the field, or at least saying like, "We need to come to my office for a talk." The obvious. Oh my yeah. god! The principal came and pulled you out of class. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. You're in trouble. So that team, who is coached by, like, as of right now, an, an ex-high school football coach, he's trying to win the job. I hope he does. Um, so USC versus Arizona cool. State at USC. And it was 42-25, to 25, but it was a game. Because Caleb Williams threw his first pick. It was kind of an ugly one. And... Uh, I believe there was an onside kick and such, and uh, I don't know. Like ASU made this more competitive than you would think against the number six team. USC has got a whole lot of talent. They are flawed. Their offensive line is still a problem. Their defense may still be a problem against the better team. Certainly if they were to make the playoffs, it would just be open season, I would imagine. Um, but USC does get the win. They are, as of right now, uh, the the power of this conference because they're undefeated. I mean, so is UCLA, though. And, like, I don't know. I, I'm excited. USC versus UCLA, that's going to be a game. And, and I definitely wouldn't assume USC would run away with it. Anyways, we both chose USC, and we both got that right. I did not watch much of this game because I had sling. That's how I'm watching my stuff mainly. And yeah. for this Saturday, they took ESPN off Sling because of a debate between, uh, I, I believe it's like, I don't know, I guess Disney and the cable company. Here we go. 
Yeah, they were this like the beginning. They're like, mm, we think you owe us one billion dollars. Yeah, actually, no, this is the beginning of the the. This is why all the uh, the Pac-12 will be completely blown up to bits is because you. Oh, yeah. we now have two lords. Yeah, exactly. just like something else that happens in America where there's two sides. Oh boy, Aaron's getting political they here. They're really be good at telling us A or B, and we have to pick one. Yeah. Uh, Disney's A, <laughs> USC, ASU. There you go. That was mm-hmm. that game. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know. We'll see what happens. I mean, USC's looked vulnerable in two straight weeks. Like they were a better team than Arizona State, mm-hmm. clearly, but like, you know, they weren't that much better. And Arizona's like a, a headless horseman. You know, like yeah, what you know that they, they they lost a bunch of their talent. Like USC's talent advantage over ASU is pretty big at this point. They. they definitely should have a coaching advantage they were playing at home you know in memorial coliseum like there this should not have been a 10 point game with like you know hmm. three minutes left in the game like you know that's you know that the yeah usc's looked vulnerable like i don't know if there's they're gonna i don't know what their schedule looks like i, I don't know who's you know gonna challenge them but the idea that they're gonna make it through like they don't play oregon so you know the the, the first time i have to do real film study on them will be if both of these teams make to the conference championship game so beats me but like you know like yeah they've looked vulnerable. i think they play wazoo next week is that right I think so. I'll pull it up in a second. Their schedule. I mean, that could be. That's a game. That's a game. There. Wazoo is hungry. They've got. Oh yeah, they've got Wazoo this Saturday in L.A., and then they've got Utah at Utah oh. the week after that. So like, yeah, that's a that's appointment viewing. If they get through I'll both those of those, games. then I'll very much start talking about yes, USC is. I mean, already it is. It is impressive what Lincoln Riley has done there. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's just I mean, year one, ranked number six. People talking as if they're shooing for like the playoff, whatever. I don't know who's who's talking like that. Like, <laughs> you know, I think he's more. I think he's a more competent coach than than Clay Helton. Like he's not choking away games that that Helton you know choked away. Um, you know, like Oregon State definitely would have won if Clay Helton were still coaching. Yeah. Um, uh, but like you know, that defense still stinks. Like it, it's and and I think arguably Grinch has made it worse. Mm. You know, like they're they're getting uh, turnovers, like a freaky amount of turnovers. Yeah. Um, and it's like and, and it's actually going to produce a real split in the advanced stats community between people who run play by play based systems and people who run drive based mm. systems because. On their defensive drive efficiency looks great. Oh, they never give up points because they always get turnovers in the red zone. But the play-based efficiency, people are going to be like, they gave up ten bad plays before they gave up the interception, mm-hmm. like, or, or they got the interception. Uh, so, like, yeah, there, it's there's going to be some dispute, disputing among nerds. I agree on that question. Uh, Utah took on Oregon State. Utah now number twelve. Um. Yes, this was uh, an unfortunate beatdown, forty-two to sixteen. Because did you watch this? I game? did. I did watch this. Chance Nolan got injured. That hurt quite a bit. Three, count them. Three interceptions from Clark's Clark Phillips the third lived up to his name there. That really told the story. But otherwise, like Oregon State's defense was keeping them in this game. Yeah, Utah wasn't really moving the ball on Oregon no. State's defense, you know, until like the third. Cam quarter Rising's so. legs did a lot of it, which is like yeah. saying something. And like, how do you feel about? Did you, you watch this whole game, Hith? 
Um, how do you feel about Utah's offense so far, Keithyless? Um, I, I think it's pretty clear that um that, that Andy Ludwig wants to have three effective tight ends. Um, like I, you know, I think that's going to be a problem down the Andy line. Andy Ludwig would love our offense. Oh my god. So, t- so many different has got four tight ends, man. Like I would not, you know, like God rest his soul. Spencer Webb's passing, you know, I really thought was going to be like, oh, this is, you know, you know, going to be a, a real um, danger for the team that wants to use multiple tight ends. Because I don't know if McCormick and, and Herbert are going to be healthy. And it turns out actually both of them are. And they're, you know, playing very well. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, Oregon has. Oregon has four effective tight ends and Spencer Webb was going to wear number four and everybody's got a four decal on the back of their helmet. This feels like, you know, the cosmos is speaking, you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So sorry, Beavs, uh, that chance got hurt. That did suck. Not that it looked like chance was going to win you that game, but, uh, it, it was a more competitive game than you'd think. But I mean, Utah, Utah didn't really pull away no. from Oregon State until late, you know, in that game. And that was, you know, when they were down their quarterback. And frankly, I don't really think much of Chance Nolan as a quarterback. Yeah. Like, you know, if it wasn't for the fact that they have maybe the best cornerback in the Pac-12 and Clark Phillips, like, I don't know, this game might be different. Now, whenever there's a game with a bunch of turnovers like that, you know, and, and then you're like, oh, well, well, the winning team's offensive numbers don't look that great. Like, you have to be like, well, remember, that, you know, when you're scoring pick sixes, like your offense doesn't get the ball. Mm. They hand it right back, you know, to the opponent. So, like, you know, I, you know, don't make that argument. It's not a good one. But, like, you know, nonetheless, there's a lot of punts in this game, you know, from Utah. Yeah. Um, let's continue here. Stanford, Oregon, blah, blah, blah. Oregon, we both chose Oregon. Cal at Washington State. No, no. Is that right? Am I crazy? Yes. Cal at Washington State. This ended up being 28 to 9 win for Wazoo, even though both of us chose Cal. Oh, I know. I, I really I almost thought. Didn't. I don't. This was the tough one. This was the actual best I, game going in. Well, UCLA, Washington. People, Washington was the favorite there, but Cal, Washington State, for the for those in the know, were thinking, mm, this could be a little interesting. Wazoo's defense, which has showed up every week, showed up in this big. Cam Ward did enough, had a couple really good passes. Seems like he is, like, handling this offense pretty well. Like, I think he is a little limited. He's not, like, the best QB in the Pac-12. Seems like his deep ball isn't quite there i don't know okay yes. but um yeah i mean i like this wazoo team they're fun to root for like they got a little more than like oregon state like you kind of feels the same rooting for oregon state or wazoo he, this feels a little better though feels like they got a more complete he's team. a he's a hollywood quarterback pam ward he makes he makes he makes moments that's, you know what I mean? That's true. I mean, that may. I mean, there's up. a bunch of those in the Pac-12. I, I hate them. Like, <laughs> you know, there's Ward, Jane and Delora, Delora. Yeah, and, I was thinking that. And Dorian Thompson Robinson, mm-hmm. like guys who are like, I'm a scrambly boy. <laughs> like I, I can't, I can't pass the shit in the pocket. But like, ooh, I'm a grease pig, and I yeah. know, run out Whoa, over there, and now yeah. I'm gonna throw over there, and I never get picked off except for all the times that I do. Yeah, yeah, off. yeah. Not against Oregon because for some reason it doesn't happen against Oregon. Uh, it's like yeah. you see that 20 uh, yard run I just did. 
did? And it's like, yeah, but then you turned it's, it over. The reason that it's frustrating is that it's one of the things that like when I, a film reviewer, and I'm like marking all these, you know, runs and things down to scrambles and being like, look at all these pocket collapses. Like this is a ominous sign for the future. And everybody who just looks at box scores is just like, oh, oh it says here on this sheet of paper that I'm reading, which is my only way of interfacing with this <laughs> game, uh, that like he threw a bunch of passes. Therefore, their offensive line must be great. You know, oh, and there's a bunch of quarterback runs. Oh, what a great spread option, you know, read option, you know, offense. Like, no, that's none of those things are correct. You dumb white. Like, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, uh, it's, right. it's yeah, I, I am not actually mad at scramblers like, you know, fine, whatever, like it's legal uh, or, you know, it's not like anybody's cheating, you know, by scrambling. It's just like it creates a distorted picture for everybody who just looks at. I'm really just mad at people who only look at box scores and, and I shake my fist. At yeah, no, I get it, especially the QPs that are like. Okay, got my first read. Time to scramble when it's like, well, look at that guy over there running down the field. And it's like, you picked up six with your legs that took a minute of time, but then... Yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. I, frankly, I think this game was much more about Cal and and a referendum on Cal's quality, you know, because like they they sort of throttled Arizona. Um, but now having done film study on that Arizona Cal game the previous week, mm -hmm. like no Cal's like both of those are deeply flawed teams, but Cal's even uh, like, you know, Arizona has a really super bad rush defense, like real like worse than Stanford rush defense, and Cal, you know, got a bunch of like free touchdowns on the basis uh, of that. Um, um, but Cal has this massive uh, hole in the middle of their zone coverage. Like it's great. Like I put out a tweet of it where there's six different plays where, where Delora just hits, you know, just automatic 15 to 30 yard passes <laughs> because like Cal, like they, they have a bunch of defenders that are like five yards deep and then they have a bunch of defenders who are like 30 yards deep. And then right in the middle of the field, like if you look at it, like, you know, just like 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 Neapolitan ice cream, you know, like this stretch and this stretch and this stretch. You know what I mean? Like the vanilla in the middle is like there's no dudes <laughs> there and you can throw whatever you want to the vanilla part of the field. Like uh, every once in a while, I feel like a team would benefit from like an Aaron Schroeder coming in, not overthinking it or thinking it much at all. And just like looking at a whiteboard and just being like, well, no one's here and circling. Just like, how yeah. about we throw here? Sometimes you need that dude, yeah. you know? Well, I mean, that's what, and, and that's why they, you know, Wazoo throttled them is like their entire offense is designed to throw to the vanilla yeah. part of the field and the Neapolitan ice cream of Cal zone defense. Like, boy, that's a metaphor. <laughs> um, if only this podcast were illustrated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, yeah, I saw that one. As soon as I, I don't think I had done film study on that Arizona Cal game um, un, until after I was on the podcast last week. But had I done so, I would have been ringing the bell for for Wazoo real loud. Uh, well, then uh, last one here, that same Arizona team that lost to Cal, they destroyed Colorado 43 to 20. I didn't watch a single mm. second of this game. Uh, that's I, I got to watch this game today. Oof. That's my oh, that's my lunchtime project. Have fun. Um, this is the game that got Carl Durrell fired. Uh, Arizona, we both chose Arizona because you've no longer, uh, they're no longer on your shit list. That's right. Mm. They're back, baby. They're back. Now, Aaron, time for the final segment of this show, the most beloved. Wait, have you informed Aaron of the name of Colorado's human in a costume mascot? Oh, Ralphie. No. Right? No, Chip. Oh, Chip, 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 Chip. That's right. Yeah, what do you think about that, Aaron? You're anti-Chip. For it. You're anti-chip, though. I'm anti-potato chip. Which is Chip Kelly. 
there you go. Seems like, but not anti-buffalo chips. Not chips in general. It can be useful. No, because that really you're talking about buffalo hot wings at that point. Mm, and so, guess, if you were mind. in the UK, I think the reference you would just is using call fries that come with the buffalo hot wings chips. Therefore, I will allow it. Okay. I really don't think that's what the reference no. is. I think it's <laughs> no, no, of... no. That this, is it. This is like the transmental kind of buffalo things is a yeah. fuel source. Transcendental. I've actually been in lodges that were heated by burning buffalo chips. It's yeah, that's shit, isn't it? Buffalo smell. chip. Yes. Yeah. Why yeah. do they name them chips? Because right. it's funny. I, I guess. Like they knew but that, like, right? That buffalo chip would be shit. Buffalo shit. Have you seen the video of Chip the Buffalo firing a <laughs> uh, t-shirt cannon into his groin? Yeah, it's funny. It's like. <laughs> uh, if, first of all, actually, it's it's wrong to say firing. The, it's not like he's got it like he's holding it upside down and he misfires it. It's the the the, the device explodes in his. Oh, head. I didn't know and that. The entire like back half of these. Yeah, if you watch the video closely, like it's a it's a I don't know faulty device or something. Mm. But it, the the compressed air explodes in his hand and fires the entire back half of the assembly into his groin. And so then he's rolling around on the field, uh, and and the trainers come out to look at him. And I'm like, ooh, they're really leaning into this bit, you know. <laughs> but, but then they get the stretcher out and take him off the oh, field. Poor dude. And I'm oh like, my oh, god, this isn't a bit. Like this is bad. Uh, yeah, that is such a bummer. It it made me feel real bad at laughing. But how can you not? How can you? Well, not? yes, exactly. I, mean, I mean, like it's objectively hilarious. It's funny. Okay, uh, let's get into the final segment here. The picks. The picks. As of right now, I have a lead, thirty-four to twenty-nine, a five-point lead. We will have. Now, did you pick all of those teams the same as me after you got mine, and you just decided to stay ahead? Not. I didn't do it because of that. I went it because they were all the favorites. That being said, we're gonna force you this time to actually pick first. You gotta. Don't. Don't. Yeah, I want to pick first. No, wait, wait, no. I need to pick first. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, I know you need to because the rules say that. But I actually prefer it when I. But it to. doesn't. I could win. Literally, I could win the whole season by just picking what you pick. Well, that's on you, though. I can't <laughs> control the way you decide to play the game. All right. You have to be the better person and not do that. I don't know See, why you're Adam, adding life this. Life is about understanding your evil and choosing to do the good I, thing. I think if there's something that the last several years of our political history has taught us is that assuming that yeah. your opponent will abide by norms and moral behavior uh, is not a good way of constituting the rules. Exactly, and you know I'm a staunch Republican, so this is really good. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I'm not. What no. I choose to do is believe that the better human inside you, All right. the better of the two wolves. If you, you are will. the better of me, though, Aaron. When will you see that? Okay, I you, want you're gonna you pick to first. We'll to see. Play fair. We'll see what happens. Yeah, you're trying all to. Right, you go first. Lesson. You go first. Okay, so after all that, you're just gonna make me go first. Okay. I mean, if I can't trust you, and we're all in agreement that you are not to be trusted, then you should go first. Okay. Well, then I'll go first. <laughs> Number eleven. Utah versus number 18 UCLA. This has got game of the week written all over it in my eyes. I mean, um, yeah, this has got to be it. Wazoo versus USC is pretty big, but Utah versus UCLA. This should be very competitive. Both teams, I mean, every team is flawed in Pac-12. Just about every team is flawed, period. But Utah versus U at UCLA. Dang. 
This is tough. If UCLA wins this one, the hype will get very serious around them, which usually means it'll fall right after this. Ah, uh, damn. This is tough. I'm going to say UCLA. I like the way DTR is playing right now. He's one of them scrambly-ass quarterbacks right now. He's going to have a bad game. I think UCLA is going to win, though. I think UCLA is going to win this. I think well, this one's an easy first pick for me, Adam, because as we just discussed, I do not eat potato chips. I do not trust potato chips. I do not like potato chip. I'm going with Utah. I feel like you don't like potato chips. Yeah, you don't like potato chips? No. They're, they're the beginning of the downslide into Western society. <laughs> I mean, I understand that what they represent is bad, but like in your mouth, they're delicious. Yeah, right? And that's the fucking problem uh, okay. with Potato Chip Kelly. Okay. You just hit it on the head. Well, there you go. I can argue with that. It tastes delicious, Hithl- but he's terrible for you. Hithleday, if you had to guess on this one, who do you think's winning this? Oh I know, right? I, I really don't know. I'm excited um, for this. I, uh, you know, Utah's better at home than they are on the road, but UCLA doesn't really ever bring a huge, you know, road ad- or home advantage. Um, yeah. You know, both of these quarterbacks are real scramblers, which, you know, means that you sort of like kind of throw their record, you, you throw their books out the window, you know, like because that's a high variance strategy. Um, I haven't really gotten, you know, I don't really have good eyes on Utah, so I have an information asymmetry here. Like I, you know, the, the, there's a bunch of things about UCLA that are that I appreciate, but there's a bunch of things that I'm really low on. On the other hand, I, Utah's kind of a black hole for me. Um, I, I'm not real comfortable picking this game. Yeah. I don't really know. No, it's it is really tough. I'll tell uh, you, it's Utah. Utah's negative four point five favorite, or yeah, favorite. So there you go. 4.5 favorite. Get me to Vegas because I'm about to become a millionaire. <laughs> if you, yeah, okay. Um, then we got Washington, number 21 Washington at Arizona State. My man, this is what, like, uh, what's the betting line here? Okay, Washington, 14-point favorite. This is wonder I'm like, do I just go with the, the Pac-12 thing to do is you're like, they're going to the fucking desert, and they're two touchdown favorites. Of course Washington is going to lose this game. Of course. Because <laughs> ASU, everyone thinks they're dead in the water, but it's like, I don't know, players like playing football. They may go out there and still see if they got a chance and win this thing. But if I'm being smart. Yeah. ASU. I want so badly to choose ASU. Do it. We're doing straight up picks here. I got to go with Washington. I think they're the better team. ASU's got I, – I, I just don't I, – I think ASU's – I mean, it would be hilarious. Wouldn't it? it would. Yeah, it'd be bad for the Pac-12. Like, we want Washington to be better. But Washington's going to win this. Here you go. Yeah, it's Huskies all day long. You're going to Huskies too. I yeah. think I if I had to bet on the actual, like, you know, line, like, I would totally take ASU. I think ASU will – Keep within 14 points. Maybe. I think it'll be like a 10-point game. Yeah. Um, I Like, I, I would feel more comfortable about that. But I, I think ASU's too broken right now. And Washington will be motivated. And DeBoer's a good coach. Yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think they'll be ready for it. You think there's going to be any uh, desert magic in this one, If? Oh, you asking me? Uh, I mean... 
there will probably be some screwy stuff um, that Washington fans will hyperventilate over, like, and say, see, 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 you know, the desert. It's the desert's fault. Um, and then they'll win by, like, 24 points. Yeah. Uh, Dang. ASU's a headless horseman, like I said. Yeah, ASU just ain't it. Come on, Emory Jones. Prove us wrong. Then we got Wazoo at number six, USC. Big, big upset watch here. Still unranked Wazoo. That's, come on, guys. Um, I, I'm straight up, I'm going to go with my heart here, but also with something that I think could totally happen. I think Wazoo's going to win this game, even in USC, uh, even in the Coliseum. Yeah, I think Wazoo's going to go down there. They're going to cause a lot of trouble for Caleb Williams. I really think that. And then it just requires Caleb Williams not having the best of days, which maybe you won't. Maybe Wazoo will win. I, I, I definitely think that Wazoo's defensive line could give USC yeah. some real USC's offensive line, which is bad. Mm-hmm. You know, like like Oregon State was was running wild against USC's yeah. offensive line, and Wazoo has a much scarier defensive line mm-hmm. than than. Oregon I think it's State about does. Cam Ward. Cam can Cam Ward like play pretty much mistake free football, and and get a few big plays, enough big plays to like steal a win and i'm hoping he does i'm going with cam uh aaron who are you going with the favorite Washington state no you're going with wazoo okay i am i'm a pacific northwest ride or die that's baby that's right well then in that case oregon versus arizona you got oregon at arizona Obviously, oregon we're both going oregon oregon or is gone yeah i mean that should be a blowout it's just like the stand against the week before the Stanford game, where I was saying like, "Oh, we're gonna lose to Stanford. We're gonna lose to Stanford." That's how I feel against Arizona. Like we're gonna lose to Arizona, but my mind is like, "No, we're not gonna lose to Arizona." Just like I didn't think we're gonna actually lose to Stanford. Um, final game, Oregon State at Stanford. Stanford obviously coming off a bad loss. So is Oregon State. I don't know about Chance Nolan. I don't know how he's doing, if he'll be back for this game or not. That that plays a pretty big part. Um, Stanford's only won one game against Colgate. I'm, I'm going to look up Chance Nolan right now, see if there's any. Chance Nolan or Ben. Uh, decision to come near the end, so we're not sure. I Dang, this is actually really hard. I'm going to go... We did see a pretty bad Stanford team there. Being at home is going to mean nothing. Shit, this is the hardest one to pick by far. Really? Uh, I think this so. This is easy. I think so. I'm going to go, because I like Jonathan Smith more than Dave Shaw, I'm going to go with Oregon State. Ditto, Oregon Stock. Of course you're going with them, yeah. Uh, uh, do you agree with me that this is the hardest game to pick, Hithley? <laughs> Oh, no, Utah-UCLA is much harder. Yeah, right. no, that, that is a very competitive. Who do you think is going to win this one, though? I mean, Oregon State should win. Stanford's terrible. Yeah. But, like, keep in mind, like, Stanford has won, like, I think 13 of the last 14. Ooh. You know, Oregon State finally got them last year. But, like, you know, I don't know. This this is another information asymmetry game, you know, where my brain is full of Stanford facts, and I've watched no seconds of Oregon State tape. So, like, those are tricky for me. Um, Stanford's, you know, obviously has a huge problem defending the run. Oregon State is usually a very good running team, but this year it's kind of been kind of suspect, mm-hmm. weirdly. Um, you know, the quarterback being out, you know, I don't know how that affects things. Like, because really, like, stepping down from Chance Nolan is not a big step down. Um, 
Um, that's really just like Jonathan Smith really cleverly designs the offense. And like if Chance Nolan is out and Jonathan Smith knows that he's out, well, time for Jonathan Smith cleverness. You know, like he's got a week to plan for that. Uh, you know, Oregon State should win this game. I guess I'd put it that way. Like if Stanford wins, it'll be like David Shaw. You'll see that David Shaw cat who caught the canary, you know, grin and, and we'll all be very mad. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I think that's going to happen, actually. I, I'm almost... I'm going to change it. I'm changing it, Aaron. I'm going to Stanford. Are you really? You just said that that's against the rules. You can't pick after Aaron does. Oh, that's true. That's true. Because you made your pick. If you're going to change Will you allow me? Will you allow me to change my pick, Aaron? Only if you change your pick to ASU. (laughs) Wait, what? I was talking Stanford. I enjoy it. So you want you have to also you have to (laughs) because you want ASU to beat the Huskies. Really, is what you want. You know what? Mutual betting. Fuck it, Aaron. I'll take it. All right. Now we're playing games. I don't know how you worked that, but I'll do it. I'm gonna look like a genius. I I think you just got a rope. (laughs) No, I feel it. I got Stanford. They're gonna win it. I love it, baby. All right. Well, uh, there you go. Was that was that a brilliant play by Aaron? We'll find out next week. <laughs> Tune in next week for more. All right. Well, thanks again, Hithliday, for joining us. Uh, on Twitter, you can find Hithliday at Hithliday, the number one, H-Y-T-H-L-O-D-A-Y, the number one. And go over to Addicted to Quack to read and watch his duck dives because it does not yeah. get any better than that if you're looking to learn about the ducks. Um, well, it does, but you're already here. You're so already you know here, so second best would be over second there. Because uh, you don't get to hear Hithliday's voice. That's that's really the, the key thing here, his beautiful, yeah. sultry tones on this podcast. Um, you can find us at Quack12Podcast on Twitter. Also, if you want to really help us out, you can either go to Apple Podcasts, give us five stars. You can go to Spotify, give us five stars. You can also, if you really want to help us out, give us $5 by going over to the Quack 12 Patreon, which you can get to by going to quack12podcast.com. Thank you so much, everybody. It's always so fun. We got a big game. Ne- well, hopefully it's not a big game. Hopefully it's a, a breeze. Uh, Every next game, game is Tucson. the biggest game of your life. No joke. For- Oregon has not won in Tucson since 2011. Since 2011, we haven't won down there. God. Now, damn. of course, what that really just means is two losses because they haven't played there very often. But, but like, it sounds more it, dramatic it, it, when you say it that way. That's true. It's been it a decade. Absolutely. But we're going to win this week. Unless I just jinxed us, then uh, we're not going to win. All right. See you all next week. Quack, quack. Quack, quack. Bye, y'all. <laughs>